The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now, your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Patrick Walker, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It is a Tuesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company here from the star in Frisco. We are back and ready to break down what exactly happened in week one for the Dallas Cowboys, a 19-3 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and now they move forward. We're going to turn the page today, gentlemen. We're going to turn the page and see what's next for the Cowboys because we've got some updates on Dak Prescott. We've got some updates on some other guys that may not be available coming up this week and how the Cowboys can respond. I'll also, with the second segment coming up here in about 15 minutes, Give us a call, 888-855-2297. We will get your thoughts on this Cowboys team moving into week two. But back alongside Patrick Walker, Isaiah Stanback, Rob Phillips, Chris Beam, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Rob, news and notes, what's going on with Cowboys Nation today? Mm, Jerry Jones on the fan just now. Just now. As we start at 9.15 Central Time AM. Dak Prescott not going on short-term IR, which would mean if he did – Minimum four games. That means they had the surgery yesterday, went well, and according to the medical staff, they feel more optimistic that maybe he could come back within the next month. So they're not going to put him on IR. Significant. Yeah, which means they don't. That's not going to create a roster spot for now. And uh, and also he said it was quote unlikely they would bring in a veteran quarterback in the meantime to replace him in the starting lineup. He said the quote was. He talking about Cooper Rush, who's expected to start Sunday against Cincinnati, and, and Will Greer. Those guys know the offense well, have a lot of reps in it, and consequently give us our best shot. Now, that doesn't mean they won't add a third quarterback for the practice squad, um, possibly as early today. But, hey, there's some news about Dak. And uh, No C's got some other news from Jerry, uh, too. Yeah, it was very interesting Q&A between uh, the fan and, and Jerry Jones this morning because not only did he drop the significant bomb about Dak Prescott not going on uh, injured reserve, but when asked about Jason Peters, and this is going to be uh, very interesting, especially for our, our friend here, Isaiah Stanbeck, who posited possibly moving Jason Peters to left guard. Um, when asked about Peters' development and, you know, is he ready to roll, uh, Jerry Jones basically said, you know, They'll evaluate this week, which mirrors what Mike McCarthy said on yesterday. Um, but in the same breath that he praised Terrence Steele for earning the position at starting right tackle, uh, he then mentions that Jason Peters has played right tackle in his career. I don't think that that can be overlooked. So I think that immediately uh, that was either to challenge Steele to clean up the, the rash of penalties that he had in week one and or to really put out there that there's a possibility that Jason Peters, um, whom it sounds like Jerry Jones is ready to get on the field, he said sooner than later. He said we're glad we have him. He'll be out there sooner than later. It might it might not be in the capacity of left guard. It might be at right tackle. So definitely a talking point going forward for the Cowboys. Okay, that's interesting. Because then what do you do at left guard? 
If that's the case, what do you do at left guard, Isaiah? Jerry's just talking. Yeah? Jerry's just talking. Yeah, yeah, there's a possibility. Shoot, he could snap a ball if he needed to. But, you know, the, the reality is Terrence Steele is the right tackle. He had a bad game. He had a lot of pre-snap penalties that he has to clean up. They got to put some pressure on him because if there's one position on this offensive line aside from center and right guard that is feeling as if they are secure in their role is Terrence Steele. So sometimes in order to make somebody play their best, you got to make them – you have to remind them of how uncertain their <laughs> position <laughs> their, their position is. Um, and just like, hey, hey, fella, like we trust you, but you better figure this out because there is somebody that can go over to take your spot. The reality is Peters needs to be at left guard. I mean, there's – as I stated, there, there's a huge part of this equation as far as hinting at Jason Peters – previous ability because let's let's be honest he hasn't played right tackle since what 2006 okay yeah. so let's let's put that fact yeah. let's put that science it's not that long ago uh, right okay what were you doing in 06 um Party! let's not focus on that <laughs> <laughs> let's not focus <laughs> on let's not focus on that version of myself the 06 version of myself but um it, much to that point though the 22 version of myself is nothing like the 06 and the 2022 version of jason peters is likely nothing like the 06 so uh, I do think there is a, a good bit of psychology there in saying, hey, you know, Terrence, uh, you know, hey, clean up the penalties. Um, but you're not – I don't think you make a move to to pull your right tackle after you made the move this offseason to move on from your starting right tackle to award that to Terrence Steele. So much too soon to consider that. But, you know, take it as a challenge from Jerry Jones, uh, Mr. Steele. It, it sounds like, you know, fire should be under the butt if it's not already. Yeah. So and one more thing on Dak. So they get, they go in the surgery and obviously Dak told us after the game the early impression was it was a clean break. So you get in there and you feel better about it. And it comes down to like, how's it progressing? It's not this hard and fast timeline necessarily. If he can grip the ball faster and 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 the strength comes back faster after you know everything heals, then you expect. Then yeah, you can get out there and play. And I think to me, it's possible it could be within a month. I think there's also maybe a little bit of a there's a carrot out there for the team saying like look we're not just going to mail this in while he's on we're not going to put him on IR and shelf him and 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 mail this thing in like here where he's going to push to get back as fast as he can and we're going to try to hold the fort down in the next month and see what we can do here. I think there's probably a little bit of that too because there's no guarantee he's going to make he'll be back before four games which yeah. would have been the IR rule. I mean what it what it sounds like Best case is that, and this is something that the Cowboys kind of uh, set the stage for going into Dak's procedure on Monday and saying, we don't have a timeline yet. We need to get in there and see what it looks like. So it's very possible that they got in there, things did not look nearly as bad as they thought they might. And they said, hey, this is an easier, quote unquote, cleanup um, and, you know, situation than we thought. So bada bing, bada boom, instead of, you know, six to eight, now we're looking three to four-ish, but he also did preface it by saying, we're, we're you know, basically we're going to fill this out. Yeah. He's the starting quarterback. If there's any chance he could get back early, then you don't risk a oh, definite four games. Right. I mean, they need all the help. Still a long get. season. Yeah. So, I mean, even if even if it was worst-case scenario and, and Dak was out until, let's say, the bye week, which then comes back into Green Bay, uh, that's a massive game that you need him healthy and on the field for, and you're going to need him healthy on the field for – you know, what you would like to believe are going to be the three most important months of the season, November, December, and then hopefully January. Yeah. 
I mean, it's realistic that he could get back quicker than anticipated. That's not necessarily anything yeah, out there. Yeah. But based off of what Isaiah was saying yesterday on the show, and, and if you didn't listen to it, go back and check it out because it was really interesting with the fact that if you're a quarterback, you can play with a, a broken pinky, broken ring finger. Doesn't really matter. Cut it off. If you don't have a if you don't have a thumb, then you can't even hold the football. Much less throw it efficiently downfield. Where, by the way, oh, that didn't necessarily happen on Sunday night either. Throw it efficiently downfield. I mean, is it realistic that Dak Prescott is playing Dak Prescott football again whenever he's back? If he is back within three weeks, maybe four weeks. Yeah, three to four weeks, I believe so. I okay. mean, the main thing that you're concerned about is not his ability to physically play right, but you're more so looking at the timing. Mm-hmm. That that time that you miss, you know, the the amount of balls that you miss, you know, throwing, you know, with your main guys at the speed and the rate that you need to. That's the that's the stuff that you need to get in there. The how the lack of continuity that we saw in week one. Now, all of a sudden, you can't expect him just to show up, say, in week five, he comes back possibly, and just that, just, just pick up and things are totally different. And you probably can expect to see more of the same, right, when you would like to see those kind of reps go away either in the preseason, those bad reps go away in the preseason, but that didn't happen. So now, all of a sudden, here you are in your first couple of games trying to still get the rust off. Mm. But I think, you know, in terms of the timeline, I believe that the Dr. Cooper and the rest of the staff probably felt as if there was potentially some ligament damage in there, and that's why you hear that six to eight week timeline because ligaments take forever to heal, mm-hmm. and you have to retrain them to or to work properly. They might have gotten in there and saw that it was just a bone, clean break, just bone. clean break, yep. bone. Yep. Bones heal very fast, Quickly. and there's actually devices that actually help bones heal. Well, so, you put a pin in it. That's yeah. actually that's, it yep, helps that, you go faster. Helps you go faster, yeah. and then they have these little devices that they literally. Um, I forget what they're called, but they you put your, you put your hand in it. You don't feel anything, but you literally just sleep in it. And it just helps your helps the bones to mend faster. Mm-hmm. Um, it's whatever kind of sound waves or whatever is going on with it. So if it is just bone and there's no ligament damage, then yeah, his his recovery time has gotten probably cut in half at least. Right. Yep. We all have MDs. We're all experts. <laughs> I mean, I just I'm glad you decided to tune into this podcast because we're the only ones that have any kind of medical advice that you should be listening to 100. <laughs> percent No, fact. we're we're all idiots when it comes to this. I mean, Isaiah is probably the smartest with it because he went through it himself. Too many of them on a multiple <laughs> occasions. Unfortunately, he says you could cut his pinky off. Yeah, yeah already uh, said it. So challenge, him. but it, it probably professional thing. If I could say this real quick about a finger. Okay. Like my last year in Jacksonville, I had a. I thought I dislocated my finger in practice. Right, I was playing tight end. I blocked somebody, and it felt. Everybody who's played football has dislocated a finger. Okay, yeah. so I'm too many of them. Yes. So I felt like I dislocated my finger. So I'm up there trying to pop it back oh, in. God. Right, not even looking at it. Just like ah, like let me right. let me just jangle it around yeah, and snap yeah. it back nice. into place. Jangling, right, jangling. Jangling. get back to the huddle. And I did it. I did something else, and I just feel a shock wave go down my. I'm like, yo, this is not a yeah, freaking dislocated finger. So uh-huh. after practice, go and get an X-ray, and there's a hairline fracture down my ring finger. Like right down the smack dab middle, diagonal, 40, just 45 degree angle, right down the middle, and it's just a hairline fracture. From that hairline fracture, I had to get my whole hand all the way up to my forearm, cast it, and I had to play like that for the for the next however many weeks it was. You could play. I could play, but I mean, I, I literally had a lobster claw, and it's the most frustrating thing because you're like, you're talking about, we're talking about a finger. Yeah. A finger, really? Yeah. And I have to do all this, and yeah. it's the most psychologically like you like want to go, you want to go play. But you're like really a finger. Yeah. We're talking about a finger. I guarantee that's what Dak is oh, thinking he's, he's right now. He's furious right now. But but 
we're not talking about the finger for deck. We're talking about yeah, the thumb, yeah. the thumb, which is even more so. Which is even that it's significant. If it was another finger, he'd be playing. Mm. I, I can agree with that. I would agree with that too. Probably not this week. <laughs> Probably not this week. Some good drugs. But, I mean, because yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, you'd, you'd also have you know yet have to allow the swelling to go down. Oh, and, yeah, you sure. know, things like that. Yeah. But, All right, but so it's, not, it's a thumb. Either way, there's a, a possibility that he's missing. A month of football, maybe more, depending on if mm-hmm. the, the Jerry Jones report is is accurate or not. And, and of course, whether or not it's accurate isn't based off of what Jerry said. It's based off of how it heals right. and, and time giving it enough to heal. Where do you go options wise? Do you feel comfortable with Cooper Rush and Will Greer? I mean, we we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Do you feel comfortable with them over an extended period of time? Because it really feels like. Those two guys are in break glass in case of emergency. Come in, play a game, play two games, and then you're good. All right, sounds great. But like to lead your franchise for four to eight weeks, that's a lot on the plate of uh, Cooper Rush, who's played and started one career game. I agree, and it kind of harkens back to what I said yesterday on, on this particular point. I'm comfortable with you know rolling the dice on Cooper Rush one or two games, maybe even three. Kind of feel it out. You know, Will Greer was slowed by the groin injury later in mm-hmm. training camp, but prior to being slowed by the groin injury, he was challenging Cooper Rush for a QB2. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let that kind of play itself out. Um, I'm much more optimistic about Cooper Rush over a two to four game period than a six to eight game period, six to eight week period. So if it holds true that Dak Prescott could be back in four games or less, then I think we can kind of step away from the panic button a bit mm-hmm. at the QB two position at the uh, you know backup quarterback. Um, but if it does turn out, as the Cowboys start feeling this out, if it turns out, if it gets to week three and you know the healing and the progress on Dak Prescott doesn't look like a week like a four week thing, it becomes a five, maybe a six. Okay, granted, we'll have to then assess how Cooper has played up to that point, but. Thinking ahead, foreshadowing, I think he'll be fine. I think he can split four games if you look at the schedule. Uh, obviously, Cincinnati's going to be a challenge. They're pissed off uh, after the way they lost in overtime, and they were only able to muster 20 points against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going to come in angry. They're going to try to give him hell. That might be something to deal with. We'll talk about predictions later this week. But I think they can split these next three or four games. If you get out of there with two and two uh, and Dak comes back, you're okay. But to Isaiah's point, which is something I spoke on yesterday as well, Dak was looked kind of rusty yesterday, didn't have chemistry with his wide receivers. When he comes back from his injury, he's not going to magically be, you know, Dak. He's yeah. going to be, uh, well, still got some things to figure out with these young guys and, yeah. and get CeeDee Lamb back on the same page. But if, if Cooper Rush – I think Cooper Rush is good to split three or four games. Yeah. I, I'm going to use 2015 as an example because this happened – 2015, Tony Romo gets hurt. Um, Especially with this defense. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, yeah. And just hold the <laughs> fort, right? Uh, 2015, Romo gets hurt in week two. They immediately trade for Matt Castle. They went and got a veteran quarterback. And that's what everybody's asking about in this situation, right? Should they do that? Castle did not start until week seven. They rolled with Brandon Whedon while Castle was getting up to speed with the offense. And that did nothing worked out that year. And they won four games or something like that. There's a game. Yeah. So, I think in this, I think that guy sounds fun. Yeah, I th- I think what they're if you look at what they're talking Speaking about with their timeline, schedule. if it's if it's only going to be 
four weeks, three weeks, they're saying, look, the guys that have been in this offense for months give us a better shot. By the time we bring in a guy, and you could speak to this better than I can, but bring in a veteran guy and he's up to speed and he's ready to run this offense, Dak should be back. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're – let's just hold it down until then. Getting getting a, a veteran quarterback makes zero sense at this point in time. If you're, okay. If you're going to do that, it should have been a long time ago when we were talking over the summer t- in regards to bringing a guy in that can compete because you've seen this situation before. It's not like Dallas Cowboys weren't aware that injuries can happen to the quarterback position. They right. If more than anybody should understand this, right, that you should be prepared for this. And I don't think that anybody in this organization feels confident with their number two quarterback because going into the last preseason game, you still didn't know who your number two quarterback was. So you go into now a game without Dak Prescott, probably starting out with Cooper Rush, but having a short leash on him because you're still saying, hey, Will Greer, we tried to give you we tried to give you a chance to win the second job. And we really not sure if we if we had enough reps to really make that decision, but based off the information that we had, Cooper Rush won the, set, won the number two spot. So you're going into a game not with a lot of, without a lot of confidence, but the advantage is, based off of last year's records, you have the second easiest strength of schedule. Second easiest strength of schedule. The problem is <laughs> some of the strongest teams on your schedule are in this first quarter of the season. Yep. So that's the challenge. You know, you look at the Bengals, obviously went to the Super Bowl last year. Giants are 1-0. Commanders are 1-0. Rams, by that time that we play them, them boys will be figured. They've had things figured out by that point in time. They're not going to look like the Rams that people saw. Eagles are obviously going to be a problem this year. And then Lions, Tigers, and Bears. Okay? So. Oh, my. <laughs> wow. Oh my. got all of them. So that is the challenge. So you're talking about are you confident? Is that the original question, Kyle? No. You're not confident. Yeah, you're not confident. You've seen what Cooper Rush could do for you in one game uh, last year against Minnesota. He did a heck of a job, but unfortunately, this is not going to just be one game. It it's also not the end of the road either, though. No, a lot not, of people no. are looking at this and they're saying, "All right, we're it's done. over. Yeah. It's done. Not, it's over. It's not that you have a it, chance. It's not over. Does it mean so that the Cowboys thing. are in a good spot right now? No, heck no. No, it's no. Terrible they're spot. not. They're in an awful spot. Terrible spot. But it's zero and one. You're not zero and sixteen. I mean, there's. A whole way you could get through this. First one is weather the storm. If it's four weeks, try and go two and two. That's the, well, but the question the best is how, part do you, how do you do that? How do you do that with what we know from Kellen Moore? Okay. Kellen Moore wants to throw this thing around. He wants to do it with Dak Prescott, well, too. Now, I'm a believer. I hate mm. to say it like this. Let's not say that. Mm. But I am going to say it. I, I think. <laughs> I think all things happen for a reason. And I think there's always a positive that you could take away from every bad situation. Okay. Every time I got hurt as a quarterback, I found when my legs were taken from me, I utilized it as an opportunity to learn how to sit in the pocket and prove people wrong that I couldn't sit in the pocket and throw the ball. I use that as an opportunity. Um, anytime anything anything injury-wise happened to me, I was like, okay, maybe there's an area I can get better at. Right, you take this skill away from me, I can develop this skill even better. Right? What What does Michael Jordan say? You know, take whatever they, you whatever your weakness, perceived weakness is, and make it your strength. Right. I think this is an opportunity now for Kellen Moore to use what we've been talking about his lack there of commitment to the run game. Maybe he ha- he has to lean on that now. Maybe these this this span of time he now has to say, okay, I know I like to pass the ball. I know this is a trouble area for me in terms of focusing on running the game. Let me improve upon my my play calling as a as a offensive coordinator in terms of the running scheme. Let me get better at that. And if they can find a way to have an effective running game there, how much weight do you take off of Cooper Rush or Will Greer? Yeah. You take a ton of stress off of them. And then guess what? Whenever Dak returns, now you have a Kellen Moore that's more developed and more seasoned as a run caller 
with the abilities and skill sets that Dak Prescott has. I, I love that, and I looked at the box score from the Vikings game last year, and Cooper rushed through 40 times. <laughs> no, but no, I'm, I'm with you yeah. because, because I think it's a different situation than last year. Tyron Smith played in that game against Minnesota, and Michael Gallup did not, but Amari Cooper had eight catches for 122 yards and the winning touchdown in that game. Cedric Wilson had three catches for 84 yards and a touchdown. They're replacing a lot more in the offense this time around with Cooper Rush as the starting quarterback than they were this time a year ago. So the onus would be on the running game to take some pressure off of everybody, Mm -hmm. including the young lineman, Tyler Smith at left tackle or wherever he's going to play. It's just they showed in this game against a yes. good Tampa Bay Bucks defense yes. they can run the ball. Now the question is going to be, is there going to be more loaded boxes now this time and say, hey, okay, we're, we're going to take this away. What do you got on the outside? And, and but we'll see. That goes to scheming as well. And, and to build upon both of those points, but then to also slightly disagree with Isaiah, when you look at, okay, the Bengals, the Cowboys are going to enter this game as underdogs justifiably so sure um the defense can win them this game but uh, until the offense shows us that you know they have located colonel mustard in the kitchen with the candlestick they don't have a clue so (laughs) we need (laughs) until that happens which could be this week we'll see um but look look at this schedule though right so let's let's put a pin in the Bengals because okay got it you're going to MetLife to play the giants right perennially for the most part Cowboys own the Giants in, in, in MetLife. Now, a large, large part of that is Dak Prescott, but we've seen that Ezekiel Elliott can go off in MetLife, and then you see, they, they're comfortable in MetLife. And, yes, the Giants are 1-0. I actually like what Brian Dayball is doing up there mm-hmm. based on one game, right? But it is only based upon one game, right? We don't, we don't know that the Giants are back yet. Cowboys defense can test that in a comfortable facility like MetLife. Yeah come back home you play the, the Washington Commanders two words Carson Wentz enough said <laughs> okay now you look good on Sunday I'm saying all right <laughs> okay he, he'll get he'll give you a couple of games like that you can't year. say that about Daniel Jones too yeah it, that's my two point. words Daniel Jones well I, I I'd actually argue that Daniel Jones is better than Carson Wentz that's a completely separate conversation yeah, yeah. I like it though yeah but I, I, I could argue that um the bigger question then comes in the next four weeks is the Rams. My point is over these next four games, if you lean heavily on the run like you should have against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this is a four-game series that you can split two mm. and two. No doubt. You might even be able to get away with three and one. You might be able to do that if you lean on the run game to take pressure off of Rush, to take pressure off of these young receivers, to give CeeDee Lamb a chance to get his mojo back because he's not shown just yet that he's wide receiver one. So he can do some damage because they're not going to double team him. So you still have an opportunity to go out there and rack up some yards, apply pressure, and then let the defense do what the defense has already shown that they can do. This is a four-game series. Assuming Dak Prescott can be back in the next four games, the Cowboys can walk away from this 2-2, and maybe escape with 3-1, and and if they do that and Dak can come back, then it's a whole different conversation as far as the future of 2022. If you escape 3-1, and we're throwing a party. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're throwing a a complete celebration. in defense. There will be confetti in the studio. Sorry, Chris. If you go October 16th to Philly... And you're three and two, and Dak's back. I'm just saying, like glass half full, 
God, yeah. that would be a godsend. It'd be huge. Based off what we thought was going to, you know, the timeline on Sunday night. But still unlikely. It's huge, but it's <laughs> unlikely. Our friends over at DraftKings it's, have the Cowboys as six if. and a half underdogs. It's a huge if. Six and a half underdogs Scheme. going into Sunday. <laughs> All right, let's take our first break. Give us a call, 888-855-2297. We're taking calls from Cowboys Nation. It is a talking Tuesday. We are going to hit your calls when we come back on the other side of the break. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a broken traffic light. Stop and go is the name of my game. It's easy. You go, they go. What was it? They go, you go. (laughs) And if you have the wrong car insurance, these repair costs could stop you in your tracks. So get Allstate's new low auto rate and be better protected from mayhem like me. Not available in every state based on coverage and limits selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Of course, go online. You can check them out at blackriflecoffee.com. Also, head to AT&T Stadium on Saturday, September 17th, to experience Rally Day, presented by SeatGeek. Get ready to cheer on your Dallas Cowboys with tours of AT&T Stadium, ticket giveaways, games, inflatables, and more. Visit attstadium.com. Slash rally days for more tickets and more information. It's funny. I one of my favorite movies of all time is Dead Poet Society. Robin Williams love that movie. Never heard of it. It's uh, it's an older movie, oh, well, way back when. It's all it's about so. an English teacher and like how he's trying to make high school. Put it on the list. You gotta go watch. Go it. watch it. It's really yeah. really good. It won like um, a lot of Academy Awards. Yeah, a ton of awards. Yeah. Classic. Uh, but yeah, it's it, he's basically trying to teach his his high school students about poetry and, and how it's it's beautiful metaphor for life. Basically, is what action film? No, not at all. <laughs> it is not an action film. Yes. I do love. He's like, I haven't seen that, films. but I saw the program. It's not kindergarten. <laughs> it's not kindergarten. But it one of the quotes, uh, one of my favorite quotes from that popped up today, and I was like, this is a pretty good. I, this is a good reminder for Cowboys Nation because it's a good reminder for me because yesterday was one of the. Toughest days, I think, covering this team that I've had because there's frustration, 
There's humiliation at times, not from me, but from the organization, just from what happened on Sunday. But this this quote from Robin Williams during Dead Poets Society, he's he's quoting Omeo Life from Walt Whitman, one of the great poems ever. And then at the end of it, he says, you are here, that life exists, an identity, that the powerful play goes on, and you may contribute a verse. What will your verse be? There's 53 dudes on the other side of the hallway right now that have a chance to contribute a verse to the Cowboys season here in 2022. And they have an opportunity to do that starting in week two. This season's not over yet. There's 16 weeks, 16 games left for the (laughs) Dallas Cowboys. Let's see what verse is still going to be out there. It may be a good verse. It may be a bad verse, but they're going to contribute to it nonetheless. I, I just saw you with a with Kyle. A black that's deep. Well, I saw you Very with a black hoodie damn. on. And just, <laughs> I, I didn't next to him. You know, just yeah. I didn't have Walt Whitman's parlayed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I had that on the bingo on card. Go ahead and check yeah. it off. But I like it. I like Thank it. you. Thank I, you. I but, mean, but it's a it's a valid point. And because if you look at. Uh, don't be a prisoner of the moment. And this is something that Rob and I were talking about in the press box. You never want to be a prisoner of the moment. Yeah. You understand the frustration. You understand, you know, just, I mean, like you said, Kyle, it, it was as bad as it gets, especially when it's bookended by an injury to QB1 and then additional injuries as well. Connor McGovern, Terrell Basham, um, J. Ron Curse. You got to see how all that plays out. Um, but looking at the, the history of the NFL, Stranger things have happened. That's what keeps coming back. You know, as I sleep on it more and more, that phrase keeps coming back in my in the forefront of my mind. Yeah. Stranger things have happened. Is it impossible that Kellen Moore could do what we're saying and lean on Ezekiel Elliott and Dan Quinn's defense can get the Cowboys to a safe point for Dak Prescott to come back and then regain his mojo and then go on this run. And then at the end of it all, we're looking back saying, wow, they did it in spite of. And and But in order to do that, you're going to need all of your 53 to step up. Yeah. You're going to need all of those 17 men on the practice squad to be ready to be called up at a moment's notice. All of this goes into play. I'm not saying that Cooper Rush uh, can channel his inner Nick Foles, uh, the Eagles 2017, but before Nick Foles channeled his inner Nick Foles, <laughs> right? And then there are instances prior to that where you've seen backup quarterbacks come in and do the unexpected. So are odds against him? Absolutely. Odds are against him. He's coming in with yeah. a young wide receiver group and an offensive coordinator that gets away from the run unnecessarily. At the end of the day, though, it's still possible. Yep. And it becomes more so as each of those 53 plus 17 get it in their mind that, hey, don't wait for the next man to make the play. Don't wait for the next man to be the impact player. You be the impact player. Yep. That's a huge thing. And we've got some impact players on the phone line right now. We've got Bob in Nashville first. Bob, thanks for calling, talking Cowboys. What's on your mind today? Hey, fellas. How you doing? Fantastic. How are you? Uh, it's AKA Joe Philman. You always tell me I sound like Joe. <laughs> I thought you sound like Doug Nussmeyer, actually. Or Dr. Nussmeyer. That's, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's what it There is. you go. Um, so, anyways, uh, and, and Kyle, that's a great segue to why I was calling because, you know, having been a Cowboy fan for over 50 years, I think back to Steve Berline. You guys had that on your Deep Blue where he led the Cowboys, you know, the beginning of the, the dynasty where he led them when Aikman was hurt. And I think what Jimmy Johnson did then, and I've seen it with Philadelphia with Nick Foles, they did a great job of simplifying their offense, 
really relying on simplicity and a good defense. Cowboys had a good defense. Philadelphia had a good defense. We have a good defense. I think if we just run the ball, and Isaiah, you've been right on all along. We need to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, sprinkle on some passing, and I know it takes Kellen Moore to agree to that, but I think if we do that, I agree. We could come out of here two and two, maybe three and one at best case scenario, and then a different outlook. But I'm all about running the ball. Zeke had a great start to the season the other day, and we got away from it. And I think that's when things started turning south on us. So I just wanted to add my two cents. I'm with you guys. I think we need to run the ball, play good defense, and not rely on just Cooper Rush. Because as you said, 53 men are going to have to step up their game. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thank you so much for the call. Doug Nussmeyer saying to run the football. I mean, uh, Bob in Nashville <laughs> saying to run the football. Bob, that was great. I, I really did like what he had to say there about simplifying the offense. Because it sounds like, at least from the beginning, whenever Kellen Moore took over, it's like, okay, let's get complex. Let's make let's make this thing muddied up for defenses. Let's kind of turn this thing around. Now it's the opposite. It's let's, let's just get back to the basics. Let's fundamentalize this thing and kind of make it simplistic. So that way, not only Cooper Rush and Will Greer, whoever's playing quarterback, can be successful, but anybody can be successful. Yeah, it's, I just don't want people to, to – I know everybody's trying to say I'm negative Nancy. I'm a realist. The reality is you're about to face the best trio receivers in the league. And everybody's looking at the defense saying, be the saviors, lean on your defense, let's, let's act like they're just going to make it happen. These guys are going to be pissed off. This is a team that made it to the Super Bowl last year, and you're going into the game with a lot of question marks offensively and you're coming against a team that's probably going to be freaking hitting on all cylinders offensively, and you're going to have to score some freaking points. Even if the defense plays well, they're going to score some doggone points. You can't expect them to hold teams in 19 every week. That's just not real. So as much as everybody would like to pat themselves on the back and say, we're going to be be okay, guys. Everybody just do what you're supposed to do, and we're going to figure it out together. Um, that's, that's, That's what you hope for, and that's probably what you're going to do, but is that enough? You can't just, if you're wounded, you can't just bandage it up and just say, oh, cool, go out there and take care of business like you, you know, like you know how to. You're playing a freaking tough team. You're playing one of the two best teams from last year. That's the reality. And they got better. Now they played like crap last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not gonna happen two weeks in a row. So there has to be some sense of urgency in terms of what are you going to change from last week to this week without your leader. And it's, you're just not gonna fall into it. You're just not, and you can't just lean on your defense and say, "Hey, y'all got us." It's not fair. They leaked a lot of yards in the game on Sunday night too. I mean, they've got to shore up the running game against the run, the the edge setting, some of the, I mean, especially in the second half, and some of it might have been fatigue. But Tampa Bay attacked the edges. They gave up some big plays in the passing game. Kyle, I agree with part of what you said about simplifying things, but part of the reason why they're not going to another quarterback is because they feel like Cooper Rush can run the offense and do what they need to do. And he showed in one game that he could last year with a better, more experienced supporting cast. So we'll see. I mean, I think they're still going to try to run their offense. I agree they got to get back to running the game, Pat, but like running run the ball. But but they're also going to have to hit some plays in the passing game. They can't go on a shell and just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, Agreed. and Agreed. play – you know, play play defense and try to win the game, like you said. You know, three nothing. Especially especially teams like this. Yeah, like you know, what I'm saying like there there to. are some other teams that we're looking through, and you say, okay, you could probably just run your way to a V, run your way. You know, do well on offense and then play some good defense. You're not going to be able to just you're not going to do that against these guys. One explosive play again. Yeah. 
that they, like they had on Sunday night is not going to cut it against Cincinnati. No, they're going to have to get something going in the, in the passing game. But in the aspect of they're going to have to use the run game, and I'm going to keep circling back to this, you're going to have to use the run <laughs> game in a lot of different ways. One is going to be to set up the pass game. Two, your defense has already shown it can, you know, they gave up some plays, but they bend, they bent, but they didn't break with the exception of that inhuman catch by Mike Evans. Yeah. You hold Tom Brady to one touchdown, which was two fingertips away from not being a touchdown at all. Um, you can win games with this defense. They've shown they can take the ball away. They've shown last year they can get defensive touchdowns. You run the ball, and by running the ball, by virtue of running the ball, guess what you just did? You just made the scoreboard the 12th defender because you're keeping Joe Burrow off of the field for a longer period of time. You're keeping those receivers off of the field for a longer period of time. Yes. So that, what I'm saying is that's another reason to lean heavily on running I, the ball. But I obviously you're not going to run Zeke and Pollard a combined 40 times. Yeah, but you shorten right. the game is what you're saying. Exactly for sure. My point. Yeah, exactly my point. Because that's one reason that the Cowboys defense started to show <laughs> fatigue towards the end of last of the last game. Because yeah. at one point in the third quarter, I looked down and Tampa Bay had a time of possession advantage of seven minutes. I looked back down and then it was nine minutes. It was growing before it ended up shrinking in, you know, garbage time for lack of a better how way to put how it. How many touchdowns do you need this week? Three. Three. At least. I'm with that. Yeah. Three. Yeah. You're the only team. You Hellman three. tweeted this last night. Only team without a touchdown so far. Three. 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 One game. All right. Let's go to Allen in Florida. Allen, what's on your mind? You're on Talking Cowboys. Hey. Thanks for taking my call. Um, sure. Good to talk to you guys. Uh, Bob from Nashville said a lot of the things I had planned to say, but I just wanted to vent a little bit. I'm not unlike Bob. Uh, I've been a Cowboy fan for over 50 years, right? I live, breathe, and I'm one of those crazy fans, right? It's everything Cowboys. I read. I listen to you guys for years and years. I'm calling in today because the frustration of fans like me is so systemic, uh, and I really, I just want to say a couple of things. It's not anything you guys haven't said, but, and, you know, when the game this week exemplifies what has been wrong in this organization for so long, and it really does start at the top, and it's just not often enough, you know, fans, when we talk to each other, the person in charge of getting this team where it's supposed to be it always starts at the top. Everybody gives lip service. It starts with me, the quarterback, the coach, the owner, the GM. But this is the same stuff now year in and year out. The, that Dak Prescott looked as awful as he did. And I so respect Isaiah is one of the few people I've heard on all the Cowboy shows that really has said for years, Dak has problems with accuracy. He has problems with sometimes the choices that he's, that he's made. And there was questions about giving him this contract. I love the guy. I love all the Cowboys. But we got to call it what it is. The way he was so unprepared for that game, whose responsibility is that? It really begins with the player, of course, but the coaches. How do you not put your players in a position to make plays? This is the same. This is a talented roster. We know that it is. We saw this was the number one offense last year. We know they lost guys, but the coordinators, the coaches, they are not doing what fans like me can watch the game, like you guys can watch the game and say, if Zeke's getting five-point yards per rush, how do you not feed him the ball? So you're in a close game. Why would you not run the ball? Yeah. How is this acceptable? How is it acceptable that your offensive coordinator is throwing the ball, calling these plays, when you have a ground game, 
all of these questions, there's no game adjustments in the game, and it starts with the coaching staff, and then you have to go above. Yep. This is the administration that doesn't put the that doesn't really take charge and allow our players to be successful, and that is just so darn frustrating for Cowboys Nation. Alan, thank you for your call, and and that is that's a lot of the frustration that Cowboys fans are going through right now because that wasn't a normal Week One loss, and that's kind of what we're talking about. Is the season goes on? There's 17 games left, but that was not a normal week one loss we're going to wrap things up on the other side of the break talking cowboys presented by black rifle coffee continues here in a moment did you get to work on time yeah but i just realized it's sunday little sweet says head on home dr pepper is on its way so sweet unique baby there's nothing better i bet you probably done something that deserves a dr pepper did you invest your nest egg in an nft yeah and i don't even know what that is it's a non-fungible token everyone's done something that deserves a dr pepper the medal of honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. The Cowboys Way where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now, Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is, Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more Essilor on Talking Cowboys. Time to to go back to Essilor, guys. Yep. Is it time? It's time. I think it's time. We need to talk to our friends. I'll I'll make a call. We'll see what can happen. Make a call. Essilor. In the middle of that read, Isaiah like was doing his thing, and then it just cut to Patrick. Just and Patrick just had the most like judgmental glance right really? back at you. Yeah, that's because he wasn't a part stare. of our SLR trip last year. Mm-hmm. He'll get it. He'll be. He'll understand the fire I'm, behind I'm it. Such I think a sense of jealousy. <laughs> so he, 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 he missed out on that trip. <laughs> All right, we've got like four minutes left because I'm going to go. I don't want to go over too much. But G from Jersey's on the line, and he's one of our favorites. G, what's up? Welcome back to Listen, Talking Cowboys. Callers, 30 seconds. Chris, I heard you vent. Kyle, I love you too. Okay? <laughs> Listen, man. Real quick, I'm very optimistic. Why? Because I was I was pessimistic going into week one. Mm. Dak's 
zero reps in the preseason, and that's something to be said with a completely new group of wide receivers. But Cooper Rush or Will Greer, they had all the reps with this wideout group in the preseason, right? So I'm optimistic about that, and I think our defense is good enough to hold a team like Tampa Bay, right, to 19 or below going into this next four-week stretch. Guys, thank you. G from Jersey laying down the truth. Short nice and sweet. Po- Short nice and point. sweet. Nice yeah, point. I actually like that point I like a lot. That a lot. And we're like gonna we're gonna talk lot. about it uh, Thursday lot. when we preview the Cowboys offense versus the Cincy defense. But I mean, if you had low expectations like a lot of Cowboys fans did going into that week one matchup, hey, you didn't get let down that much, right? You just just a little bit further down. Mm-hmm. Where if you had high expectations and you went all the way down. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. maybe we've got something to, to talk about. And of course, the reps in the preseason. The difference as well. between falling down a flight of stairs versus falling off the bottom <laughs> stair. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so we feel pretty good about that, right? Does everybody feel better today? Yeah. The Walt, the Walt quote helped me. <laughs> Walt Whitman <laughs> yeah. quote. Yeah. Oh, me, oh, life. All right, that's it for Talking Cowboys. I'm not going to go through the whole poem. For Chris Beam, for Rob Phillips, for Isaiah Stanback, for Patrick Walker, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!